0: everybody my name is Chris Rivera you're listening to a d49er update this is the second podcast this week because well why not? And today I have with me Miranda, our editor-in-chief. Miranda, what do you have for us today?
1: Um, I have coverage of a speaker uh, that was hosted at the uh, Beach Auditorium on Monday, James O'Keefe, um, self-proclaimed guerrilla journalist who was invited to the Beach Auditorium uh, Monday night by Turning Point USA, a uh, student org, or uh, actually it's the it's a national org, um, but they have a chapter on Cal State Long Beach campus. Um can in-
0: interrupt you for a second? Mm-hmm. Uh, could you explain for people that don't know what guerrilla jur- journalism is?
1: Of course. Um, so, some tactics commonly associated with guerrilla journalism um, consist of like undercover reporting, um, hiding microphones in your um, jacket and recording people while they aren't um, aware of it, um, disguising your identity. Um, So people aren't aware that you're a journalist because you don't disclose it. I believe it was used uh, during the progressive era. That's when it kind of like started getting some traction because we had a lot of journalists who were like questioning the government and the current state of the media back then. But um, now it's essentially what some journalists call entrapment. But what James O'Keefe calls a really good way of shining the light uh, on the truth, I guess, is how he would put it.
0: And so were you buying what he was selling? Was he all about First Amendment and the truth? And
1: <clears throat> I definitely feel like as I was listening to him, he had some radical ideas about um, questioning, you know, what the government is telling you and what mainstream media is telling you. Um, at the same time, I think he uses his um, tactics of guerrilla journalism to target... These institutions in the public sector that are typically used by a low-income people or low-income people of color, I think that while he says he's not a leftist or a rightist, um, he still has a lot of flawed politics behind, like how he's going about, you know, keeping the media accountable and keeping the government accountable. So while I could see kind of what he was saying, and I carry the same beliefs that, you know, we should be extremely critical of the media sources that we're reading um, and of the government, I um, still think that what he does is entrapment. And I don't think that it's the right way to get um, the truth out of people because now what we have is like, he says that, you know, none of the videos are edited heavily, that it's all like raw uh, expose footage, but he could very well be lying about that. You know, people have come at him saying that he's heavily edited footage. He's planted fake news stories in the Washington Post. So yeah, I, I don't, I don't buy it, but the beach auditorium was pretty full. So
0: how many, how many people were there?
1: I would say over a hundred. They had the back rows closed off. So everyone was kind of pushed into the front, but it was, it was definitely crowded in there.
0: And so you, you said it was uh, presented by Turning Point. Uh, do you know anything about that organization? I know yeah. I, I kind of looked at their website really mm-hmm. quick, and it was kind of they're really into limited government. Yeah, It seems so like. they That's have their, like their main... flyers
1: everywhere at the event that says like big government sucks. Um, they're into fiscal responsibility. Like, uh, yeah, like you said, limited government. And um, I would say they're typically against things like political correctness. They're kind of against the liberal state of like uh, a lot of public universities. I don't know how much money they receive from their father or mother, you know, organization, whatever you would call that. Sure. But they definitely, they they definitely have made their presence on campus pretty well known in the past couple of weeks. They were tabling the other week, I think, too.
0: And so while well, you kinda of weren't buying what he was selling, what was sort of your observation of the other people in the auditorium?
1: They were they were into it. He they were all seemed very engaged. He got some laughs out of them every time he, you know, kind of scorned political correctness in the university and he showed some. In my opinion, not that funny memes, but everyone else thought they were very funny. It also was kind of interesting too because uh he did kick off the he did open the entire presentation by like quoting a Kanye West tweet saying that he hoped that the crowd had brought their dragon energy with them. And so I definitely like and everyone laughed, you know, everyone knew what he was what he was talking about. So, yeah, I think he I think that he it was a pretty popular event that night. Um
0: yeah. And uh, in the story, you kind of mention um, something about Lucky Charms that he did oh, yeah. a <laughs> couple years ago or, or when he was in college. Yeah, Could you speak to that for a little bit?
1: Yeah. Um, so he basically told us this story about uh, his time as the editor in chief of the Centurion, which was a uh, kind of on Wikipedia, they define it as like a conservative student. Piece of student media. It's a newspaper um, from Rutgers University, and he said that what got them on the map was they broke this. I guess you could call it an expose, but basically they had an idea of, um, well, I'm tired of hearing about like this political correctness and like these um, mascots are being censored because you know people are offended by them. Well, I as a white man, and this is him talking, am I, I as a white American man am going to see if I can go into the dining hall um offices look at the dean of dining services and say that i think lucky charm should be banned because lucky the mascot on the cereal box is a stere- a racial stereotype of irish people and um he got it all on film and he actually faked his identity he um I think he presented himself as an Irish immigrant because he kind of faked an accent and had like a little...
0: Like a foreign exchange. Student.
1: Yeah, like a foreign exchange. And he had a little like, I don't know, those little caps on. So I guess he looked like a stereotypical Irish person um, and said he was a part of a Irish group on campus that doesn't exist. Got the whole thing on film, talking to the Dean of Dining Services, and then he aired the film. And um, at first, actually, the dean agreed, like, okay, well... Stop selling, or we'll stop serving Lucky Charms. Really? But then, yeah, but then after it came out that it was just kind of a hoax, more or less, they re- re- uh, redacted that and they started serving Lucky Charms again.
0: <laughs> so it seems like he says he's sort of a pro First Amendment and um, you know mm-hmm. anti sort. I'm looking for.
1: I'd say anti PC culture, maybe. There you go. Yeah, anti
0: PC culture. But is he? Do you think he's really that, or do you think he's just trying to? you know rally up people and just kind of you know get clicks um do you think there's anything genuine about what he's doing or do you think he believes in what he's doing i
1: think that um i think that i can't and he couldn't deny like the amount of support that he's getting the fact that you know putting himself out there like this it is a very kind of um self-indulgent thing because he's made himself known as like a controversial figure figure I think he does benefit from it and um, I think that maybe some or like I think that the that people like him have a lot of power when they come to universities. He was encouraging you know the class or the uh, audience to you know do as what he does basically and then say that that is the truth. I think that, I don't want to say that it's dangerous to have people, like, with his beliefs here, but I do think that it's very interesting that he is not seen as someone who is or could be, like, uh, ignorant to the point of being racist, but I think his entire argument against PC culture is some thinly veiled, um, I-think-everyone-is-equal, I am a white guy, but I'm just as equal as the rest of you and you are to me. But it's kind of like a double-edged sword because he also thinks that, you know, people of color don't have any right to be offended by uh, racial caricatures. Even though there's like a really violent history with racial caricatures. So yeah, I don't know. I think that he just is another one of those kind of people who make me think of a populist, basically. Just like all these really independent thinkers, but they're following, they're still following people like James O'Keefe and like Donald
0: Trump, honestly, by
1: extension. Sure. Yeah,
0: that yeah. makes sense. Was there anything else uh, you wanted to mention in the story?
1: Oh, he, something funny that he said, and it wasn't really funny as it, much as it was cringe, because I kind of cringe when people use like online terminology in an outside setting, a presentation, you know. He was like, uh, it's not important to me whether you students are leftists or rightists. All I care is that you guys are woke. Just stay woke. And I was like, oh, okay. Like, that saying was, like, invented by um, black people um, in order to, you know... It was like a a black activist saying, you know, like, to stay woke. And he's totally just, like, appropriating it to, like, this conversation. And, of course, it got a laugh out of everyone. So, I I guess it's true. All you have to do is use memes and you'll connect with the kids. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, there you go. Uh, thank you again, Miranda, for joining me today. Yes, and you can check out our story on our website at daily49er.com or also follow our Twitter and Facebook pages at Daily 49er. Again, I'm Chris. See you next time.